Hello and welcome to another episode of Elliot's Podcast. It is the end of September 2021. We're in the last week of September and this week's episode I'm I'm talking about the topic of the inner critic. That that's what came up for me this week as my I called it inner critic week. As I I made a video on this topic, but the video was was so short it it didn't um, go through everything. Um, I'm not sure that this episode will even be that much longer, but it will include a few things that I might have missed in my video. And before we begin, I just want to announce that I have a new piece of music, a new track coming out on Thursday, September 30th, called "Beneath the Eyes." And I'm I'll I'll do that next week. I'll go through the track and <clears throat> talk a bit more about that. But I I do want to say it's quite a phenomenal piece. It's um I I I can say phenomenal because at some point you sometimes you work on something and you say I don't know who did that. I don't I don't think I did that. I think someone else did that. And you you would know that from anything that you do in your work when you say, God damn it, how did I do such a good job? And you're you're almost in denial. And that's why I can't even really keep talking that way because the more I I, I say such good things about this piece of music, the the worse it will fall on everyone's ears. It will be completely cursed. But in the meantime, I, I, I'm saying it because this week I will promote it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with many different ways to promote it because it's, it's, it's one of those opportunities. When you've landed on something good, you take the chance to let everyone know about it. Let your friends know about it. Let, your, let people following you know about it. And that's, that's coming up. I also have the Unsuccessful Podcast Workshop. So I've taken this format, which you're hearing, which is an unsuccessful. That's the the joke is the it's the unsuccessful podcast because it's my way of sitting down to work on a podcast without having any expectations of of anything happening with you know millions of podcasts in circulation. It's unlikely that my podcast would be something like a Joe Rogan show or. Tim Ferriss, and it doesn't need to be. And that's why I, I'm running the workshop October 14th. I will leave a link in the notes to get to the Eventbrite. And it's uh, two two weeks, so it's the October 14th, and that's a Thursday night at 7 p.m., and then the week after, I guess that's the 21st or something, at 7 p.m., and I help people, I help you if you're interested you know, if you've been thinking about a podcast and and you just haven't gotten started, I'll walk you through my method. And uh, specifically lately, I've been using Anchor, and Anchor Anchor is the tool that Spotify owns, and it has a tool that lets me record on my phone, and I'm that's what I'm doing right here. I'm I'm talking into this phone while I'm in my bed, <laughs> and. I like it, and it's way more fun for me than when I set up my microphone. I do, I'll still set up the microphone once in a while for, for special occasions, uh, 
special pieces and whatever. But to keep a podcast going, you just have to keep recording and you got to make it easy on yourself. And that's what that workshop's all about. So now that the housekeeping's out of the way, let's jump into this topic. So the inner critic is um, has many descriptions. Um, one is possibly the ego. Uh, maybe the conscience. I don't know. It's all it's all nebulous terminology. And it doesn't really matter because the main point is the voice inside the head. And that voice does not shut up. It will never shut up. That's what makes um, life so challenging sometimes. Is just any time of day, there is that voice that has something to say about this, that, this, that, what you're currently doing. What, what you're working on, uh, you know, how things are going here and there in your life. There's always an opinion floating around. It's noisy as heck in there. And I think it never, it's very hard to, for someone to have it completely quiet. And that's not the point of life. And I, and I talk about it on my podcast because in music, making music, I, I find is more of a mental game than anything else i mean the fingers have to move if you're doing stuff with an instrument there's a lot of coordination uh timing having a a sense of rhythm feel all those things are important but it's the mental game of picking the goddamn instrument up and playing it actually i would say sitting in a chair making a chair in a room that you can play music in Sitting in the chair, pick up the inst- you know pick up the instrument, sit in the chair, play, do it at the same time every day if you if you're lucky. A lot of I don't personally have tr- I have trouble with setting that routine. I try to set something up around seven in the morning. Either I'll play keyboard or I'll play guitar. And if I do play guitar, I have a headphone thing. I, ideally, I would use. Um, but it's at seven in the morning. Um, the keyboard's a lot better because it's completely silent. So um, it's a mental game. But what's the what's the barrier to picking up the instrument is that voice that I talked about before. Whether you hear that voice or you don't hear it, it's often present. At least in my experience, and that's why, um, you know. That this week, I bring it up to you to think about, and the way it stops people from just playing music in general, even having fun with music, taking up an instrument as a hobby and that sort of thing, for a lot of people that voice says, um, I, I, I'll never be as good as a... Vic Wooten on the bass, so I'm not going to play the bass in my spare time. I just gave a random example because I was listening to some Bella Fleck and the Fleck tones lately, and Vic was the show-off. Or you could say I'll never be as good at at writing music as Bella Fleck. He has amazing compositions. No point in me writing. Um, Never be as good at jazz as Miles Davis. I don't think there's any point in playing. I'll never sing and 
sing and write like Joni Mitchell, no point in playing. So that that's a common one that might not even you might not even hear that voice, but it's there because you listen you might listen to a lot of professional musicians, the best. And it's and um that's the that's part of the effect of recorded music is that it it shrunk the the world and the planet in that you could listen to you didn't need to be in the same area as Miles Davis to listen to Miles Davis. You could just listen to Miles Davis in an era way before recording and um yeah, mostly of recording. Peep, music was more of a communal thing where you would um, play in your community and that sort of thing. You know, either a religious community or your street or, or what have you. Everyone, It was everyone's responsibility to play the compositions, either from your culture or whatnot. There was not this, this one direction relationship where you would buy music and and consume it you'd put it on a turntable or or the radio and and you just are one less one one direction and um, and one thing we have pretty good is is that we collectively we do see the value of teaching our kids how to play music we understand it's good for their brain uh, social development it's just a healthy area to let kids play if they so choose uh, some parents force their kids to play in the form of piano lessons and, and what have you. But overall, I mo- I support, I, I think that's like great. The problem is, is that when kids get older, um, there's less avenue for them to continue on. Um, and some kids make the leap to playing, to starting a band and they play in that band. And so all this to say is is that I just broke down for you just a bit about how the average person might have a critic about playing music in their mind and that stops them. And um I I some stuff I I thought about this week is I mean the main thing about the the critic is that it's um you know, Seth Godin wrote about that your own worst boss is you. So the the, the person who, who, who says the nastiest things about you and treats you like crap is yourself. It's a very sad um, reality. There's no one will be, no, there's no one has the potential to be as <clears throat> unkind as you, probably your ego. And um, Elizabeth Gilbert in uh, Big Magic. Excuse me, I need some water. <coughs> ah, I just need a sip here. Um, in the book Big Magic, which is a book about creative work and you're reaching your creative potential, I think is the subtitle. It's a very good book. Um, she said that it's like drive... Um, you you know put your ego as if you're uh, driving a car and your ego goes in the back seat so it's part of the journey but it's not um it's not driving the car it's up to you to drive the car and that gets me to my um well one of the big uses i have the tip that that this whole episode is is culminating towards that i i get to in a second but the 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 
there is a, a good use to a critic, a critic's voice of the inner critic. Um, one of the good uses is, in general, it comes from a place of protecting you. That's the most likely the part of the brain. Back to Seth Godin, he calls that the lizard brain, um, amygdala, and that's the fight or flight uh, response. And and a lot of people, it's been talked about a lot. I feel bad even mentioning it again, but it's the caveman or cave woman, cave person um, brain that is basically fighting off uh, attacks from predatorial animals, predators, basically. And um, it, it still exists in terms of like when we are out there in the world, we play music and whatever, make films, our brain, our brain has mechanisms that, that try to keep us safe from like criticism and, and different, different things, different realities. And so that's one of the good uses. The other, the other good use is that it, it sort of um, it offers a, a pathway for you. I, I say sometimes that the, your resistance is, is, is sort of drawing a map for you. Your struggle is your map. It's, it's telling you what you need to work on, where you need to go. There's a reason for, for why that critic is there. Um, a friend also recently highlighted to me that it means that, that the thing you're working on is important. Another good angle to the critic. And um, this is a this is one I heard on a podcast once. Someone said, uh, "Your pain is your purpose." Another beautiful statement about that, which is that, yeah, you, you your struggles again, as I said, is the map, and your pain provides a purpose for you to you'll work through like it gives you something to work through if there was no challenge in this life your life would become very boring we need a challenge a game of a game of sports does not exist without any adversary it it and when the adverse adversary or whatever you call it is there the sport becomes exciting a tennis match or a hockey game whatever is um it it's exciting because there's something to overcome especially when if you start rooting for underdogs and we are all underdogs in our pursuits we need to root for that underdog to overcome the challenge of picking up the guitar and you know writing a screenplay and so my so my tip is that you would, with everything I just said, the tip is that you acknowledge that critic and you thank it. You say thank you for being here. Th- thanks for being in the car with me. <laughs> We're on a journey. And I appreciate it. I appreciate you keeping me safe. I appreciate you. F- I-, I appreciate you highlighting a map for me of where I need to go and what to work on. Um, I appreciate you for putting into context my my life story and why I work on what I work on. And I appreciate you for making this so exciting for me 
the fact that I had to work through all those blocks to get to where I am today. And I, I personally think keeping your thank you as brief as possible is part of the most important thing here, which is that you don't want to engage in a long argument with your with your inner critic. And I, I don't think it's healthy to have too much debate in there. You'll be in walking in circles. And that's why it it's actually, you know, if we are going to talk about, say, practicing an instrument, the faster you can get to to practicing, the way healthier you will be because you didn't engage, you, you didn't put off procrastination of working on your music or whatever. And then that's when, when we get into something that I call letting air into the jar, which is when you... Um, the more air that gets into a jar, I believe, creates mold. And if uh, in a factory they're able to make food in, in jars where there's not much air, and I think they vacuum pack, I don't know what, but air, air is removed and the lid is put on the jar very quickly. Therefore, when when you open the jar of food, it was all fresh and ready to eat. But if you did that all on your own at home and you put the thing in the cupboard, I imagine you could be growing a colony of mushrooms or something inside of your your jar. And that's what when you procrastinate and you let this critic have fun with you, um, you're creating the, the jar of, of mold and sickness. So um uh, my my thing ideally is that it would be a very quick thank you and you get moving quickly and you don't um yeah you don't you don't um hang out with with this it, it would almost be possibly part of the uh, a definition of of possibly zen thinking is is that you're you're so quick to to understand the world in context and that you're so quick to be able to do what you want to do and do what's important without complete struggle that's just possibly one interpretation of of some areas of of zen thinking is 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 an instant an instant um going to a certain place that um, you want to go to. And I'll leave you um, with, um, I don't know what the flip side of the critic, but it's some kind of pride. And it's an, it's a, it's, it's the opposite of the devil. It's this, um, uh, some kind of love that is gone too far and, and you're full of yourself and i could that would have to be for another episode but by the same token um when you do find yourself in a state of 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 too much you just know that you're getting cocky here you also have to apply i would imagine the same principle of um i think you know giving a quick thank you to that <clears throat> that part of the brain 
which is so happy. Oh, that your new track is so good. <laughs> That's why I'm very trying to be very delicate this week. You know, it was and um, it, the new new piece of music I worked on is very good. But if I get too um full of myself. I would uh, stop working on music. And that's why everything has to be in balance. And again, so you would have a quick thank you. Excuse me, I have to clear my throat again. <coughs> and yeah, thank you. Thank you for doing a good job. Thanks for guiding me through this. And um, on to the next. And, and we're back at it again tomorrow, same time. Same bat channel. So that's uh, that's pretty much all I wanted to say. I'm I'm pretty. I think I have almost all the points down. And um, yeah, so this was um, Inner Critic Week on Elliot's podcast. And I'll be next week. We'll we'll listen to the new track and. I'll share some insight into it into you know some of the concept behind it and how it happened and all that stuff. So I uh, hope you look forward to that and um yeah, you can find you can buy me a coffee is one is the only way to really support me at the moment. You know, one day I might do a Patreon. I I just don't think I have the um capability of, of doing much in that. Um but if you don't if you don't um aren't already signed up to my email list there's the sunday bagel newsletter that's another good that's another good thing to do um that's all on my website at elliotfeinberg.com you can find all that so yeah thanks a lot and um talk to you soon take care